It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I'm here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are so excited right now to be joined by the founders of the website Black Nerd Problems, William Evans and Omar Holman. They are authors of the new book of the same name. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for having us. I think I, I, I want to start with with just the, the the biggest question, which is like let's let's define nerd. So I'll I'll throw it to Will first. But like what <laughs> what is nerd? I I think really just like an unabashed enthusiasm for <laughs> for any kind of anything like genre wise, you know. And I think Omar has a has an essay that opens the book that kind of like gives our definition of of nerd being a spectrum, right? And so. We tend to think about nerd where maybe you think about it from the academic sense or you think about it from the geek sense, but like you could be a sneaker nerd, you can be, you know, a sports nerd, that kind of a thing. It's really just this unbridled enthusiasm that you really want to share with other people. I think that's probably the component that makes it very nerdy. Yep. I love that definition. I can relate to that definition because I have one of those personalities where like I'll discover a thing like I did with like K pop, right? recently mm-hmm. and then i'm like oh my god this thing is like the best thing i mean i think that's like k-pop fandom broadly but it's not just <laughs> specific to me but You're i do feel now no i am i'm i'm full i like singing i don't even know what i'm singing like i don't know korean but i'm singing <laughs> along and i'm bopping and i don't even know what to say. i'm like i need to learn korean so i can sing these songs <laughs> um <laughs> but um so many k-pop fans say the same thing but i do think that 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 comes through in a lot of things and i think like in this world right now we have the ability to like become obsessed with the thing and really nerd out because mm. of like the amount of information that's available about like that you know that ties to so many random specific things um do you feel like it's important that we define it as a spectrum as opposed to nerd is like you like to read or whatever, I guess, archaic definition we probably applied in like the 1950s or something? Uh, uh, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, either uh, yeah. one of you can take that one. Uh, yeah, it should, be, uh, it, should, it should more than likely be a spectrum because to be a nerd means like you're a fan of something and you can yeah. be a nerd for anything. So, and also making it a spectrum, it it would hopefully in theory i think uh eliminate gatekeeping as well because he realized like oh this isn't this uh because nerd was a subculture right and now it's become like more mainstream and to be a black nerd means you are a subculture of a subculture uh so if you make it like a spectrum it's like oh you can be a, if you can be a nerd for anything then that means it's open to everyone and that way hopefully it eliminates like gatekeeping because we're all just fans of certain things love that I feel like when when you run into racism or misogyny or homophobia in a nerd space, it hurts worse. Like it's the <laughs> like that's supposed to be that's supposed to be where we just get to geek out over the fact that we both know everything about Star Wars. It's not supposed to be the place where I feel like I'm not allowed to speak up because I'm a girl and that means I can't know as much as you do. And if I can't name the second model of AT-AT, that means that I'm not really a fan. Like, I'm sort of shocked every time I hear about an incident 
at Comic-Con. It's like, no, we, we were all bullied, right? <laughs> like, we all got made fun of. Like, that's supposed to be our unifying experience. And we created these spaces where we could be stupid in our fandom and, you know, unbridled enthusiasm, which is like the least cool thing ever. But it's fun and it makes you feel good. And so we build these spaces where we're allowed to do that. And then somehow these spaces are still not safe for black folks or for women or for LGBTQ communities like that. And that somehow hurts so much worse than if I were to go to, you know, a a sports game or a a county fair or, you know, something that was not deliberately built to sort of, you know, make us feel okay. (laughs) I I think about that. I I was going to say, I think about that in terms of, it was a long journey to find your people in the first place, right? Yes. Like it was, it was, it was a long journey to be like, oh yeah, we like this too. And like the numbers usually slowly grow once you find like a group of people that are into like something very specific like that, that's kind of off the mainstream. So yeah, I imagine it hurts more. And, and also want to be very clear, like women and queer folks uh, get it much worse from the gatekeeping perspective than even me mm-hmm. speaking as, as a, as a cishet black man, like, there are definitely times where I'm othered in those spaces, but not even in, in comparison. Like, like you made a really good point. Like often I see so many of my friends that are women that are just like, they have to pass a test to yeah. show yeah. how nerdy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> BS, right? Um, and some of those things I don't necessarily, I don't get as much as often as they do. I mean, that happens in sports all the time. Like, And I'm like, you know, I, I actually used to like that game growing up, though, because I'm the daughter of a high school basketball coach. So, mm-hmm. like, I would, man, you try to pe- you try to beat me in a test of basketball, <laughs> um, you're going to lose that you're going to lose. And it's like it, it's like, you know, playing pool when you're um, what's the word when you're like, oh, you're going to be the hustler. Yeah, 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 exactly, right? So I come in, pretend like, oh, basketball, and then like I'd be in college sitting there with the whole basketball team, and I'd be like, they should, you know, pick and roll. That was a good, and they'd be like, what the hell? Who is this? <laughs> you know. So that's always fun to show up that way. But the point about Comic Con is an interesting one because I've actually gone to Comic Con a couple of different times, both in New York, the New York Comic Con, and also San Diego. Um, and I felt joy deep down in my soul. Um, both times I mean it, they were just wonderful and delightful experiences so I don't know that I've had <laughs> the similar experiences <laughs> that Justin's talking about but um, but one of the things I did notice about Comic-Con specifically is it's like it is to your point originally just obsessing about a very specific thing like it's everything from Marvel and DC to a league of their own cosplay, mm-hmm. right? Where that was the one that excited me the most because it's like my favorite movie of all time still holds up to this day. <laughs> um, so can you speak to the idea that like, not just that you can nerd out about anything, but it, it brings people together nerding out around a lot of different, like things in a, a lot of different areas, not just film and not just TV, not just comics, not just sports, not just culture. Um, and in that way, we're finding connections around like the ways we're different in real life, if that makes sense, um, through our yeah. shared obsession with this cultural thing, whether that be sports or comics or music mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, and I guess it's a question for either of you, because both of, both of you are wonderful. So I'm like, I can't pick. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh, 
Go ahead, Omar. You got this. Okay. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Will's a He-Man fan growing up, right? My brother. My brother. Omar found this out like 24 hours ago. And now no, he can't. And that. he's I, going I, to I, say it every day for the rest <laughs> right, of your right. life. You said, it, you said it to the masses like 20 hours ago. I remembered uh, my brother, who's the same age as Will. My brother is a Voltron fan. And my brother would always make this joke about like how he, you know, you know, you get all the, um, you get all the uh, toys together and creates like Voltron, right? He's like, I'd always play with it over my face, laying down. I'd be playing with it over my face, and then it just slip and hit me in my face. And I was <laughs> talking to another guy about that. He's like, Oh yeah, 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 same thing, same thing. So it's that the nerdism is like it's that thing where you geek out over these things. Like, oh, hey, we both like this thing, and you also find out, oh, we also had that experience, and that it comes and it becomes more special. It's like, oh, I thought that just happened to me. Uh, something as simple as like, you know, playing with the Voltron toy and it's being so heavy over your fit, you know, and it just slips yep. and it hits you or you drop it or whatever. So like, <laughs> as simple as that is like a connecting factor for people. It's like little, it's like little things like that, which is what makes it so, like, so much more special. These little shared experiences that you thought, oh, maybe this, this is the dorky thing that happened to me, but oh no, it, it's a shared thing amongst all of us. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I, I may or may not have the full-size <laughs> Castle Grayskull somewhere oh in yes house yes still. so <laughs> yes. um yeah it is entirely okay but like when we're talking specifically about black nerd problems like no. that feels like I, I know you're you're saying that women and lg and women and queer people have a, a a tougher time in these spaces and that might be true if you're talking about like you know the the gatekeeping that happens in high school or what mm. happens at a sports bar but i know that if i go to comic con and i am cosplaying something i am probably going to be sexualized in a way that i don't want mm. to but it, black men have to worry about being shot like they have to yeah. worry about like what what props they're allowed to take yeah. like how, how far their cosplay is allowed to go and like that's just not I feel like that reality shouldn't intrude on our nerddom. God damn it. <laughs> no, it, it shouldn't. And, and like, you know, I, I wrote, you know, about this specifically in the book about um, Darren Hunton and him being killed while cosplaying um, because he had like fake sword. Right. And yeah, I, I really, I feel like it's omnipresent and, and to give you the saddest possible answer, um, it feels like par for the course, which is why yeah. I don't yeah, think I, I talk about it as much, right? It's like, this is just like almost an occupational hazard kind of a thing. Um, but it's very real. It's very real. And, you know, there's been times where people talk about cosplaying ideas. It's like, oh, I want to cosplay this character, but that character carries a gun, right? And so like, mm -hmm. maybe that would not be a good idea, even though this gun is totally fake and big, you know, we, you know, we see we see very young kids get killed over Nerf guns that don't look like guns in any way, shape or form. So I think it's really omnipresent. Um, and unfortunately it's so ingrained that me, when I'm speaking about it, when I'm talking about gatekeeping or like the hazards or, or things like that, it's just there, right? It's something yeah. that I don't think I call out um, as much just because I'm so used to it. Yeah, I, I think I just have this like, I mean, I, I try to say I'm not a Pollyanna. I think I just have a very Pollyanna view of what nerd spaces ought to be. Mm. And that's, I think, why, why it, <laughs> it, it, it becomes impossible not to. It does feel like things are changing from the top a little bit. Like, especially when we look at, at the Marvel Universe, when we look at mm -hmm. the MCU, we see like resurrections of characters that had been sort of buried by time and the understanding that like, yeah, you can have a black lead and make the best, biggest movie ever. And yes, you can have a Chinese lead and people will go and it will beat blockbusters. Like 
will will that understanding sort of, I mean, we have superheroes that don't, like they don't have to have the word black in front of them anymore. They can just right. be a superhero right. who is black. Like we're actually reimagining properties that were traditionally white, like the, you know, like the Rocketeer we're reimagining yeah. as, as somebody who was involved in the Tuskegee Air Force. Like, does that change the, the on the ground experience for like younger black nerds that this is happening? Uh, just the short answer, yes, absolutely, yeah. yes. I, like, like when uh, when the MCU finally started taking off, like I, I started seeing even more, like trick or treating, as a great example, like Halloween. I started seeing a lot more black kids in costume emulating other actual. They were actual black characters, right? So right. you you actually had like someone that was dressing up as Falcon or someone that was dressing up as Black Panther, uh, and and so I think that you know. That, you know, it's such a meme, I think, but like it's real that representation matters, but it really does when mm -hmm. you, 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 you already idolize these characters, right? You're already fans of these characters. Like right. it's not necessarily bringing brand new people in, but it is giving the people that are already interested in that thing more agency over how they see themselves in those properties. Yeah. It's so true because I feel it's like why Jess and I cried during Wonder Woman. And we were like, why are we crying? <laughs> we were like, you know what I mean? Like she goes through no man's land and I'm like, I'm weeping. I don't, why, why am I, weeping? why do I feel like really emotional in this moment? I'm like, I like reach out for my sister's hand and I was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, why am I crying? <laughs> this is supposed to be a, like a suspenseful action scene, but it, it, you're right. It's like, if you don't see yourself reflected back in, in some way, um, you don't realize how much you need to see it. And then, like, you have a visceral, like, you know, heavy cry um, in the movie theater during Wonder Woman, and people are like, is that lady okay? And I'm like, it's fine. I'm just not used to seeing myself be the hero. Um, so I think, it, you know, to that point, it's like you you deep down need it. And I love this story, um, uh, anecdote about um, your daughter and sort of how you re- watched through her eyes can mm -hmm. you talk a bit about what that means and and why that that is important and how it how it shifted how you see the the character um because you you were now watching the show um through the the eyes of your daughter and legend of Korra. it yeah. changed when you did that yeah and and for me um legend of Korra, i like i already like the the series i enjoy like you know, Avatar Core is like, like just one of my favorite characters, period. Um, and so I watched it and I enjoyed it. And then when she started to watch it, um, what I didn't even realize is that she just she just saw so many of these personality traits in herself, right? And and she really enjoyed that. Like my daughter is very headstrong, she's very stubborn, she's got like, you know, she's still like very tall for her age, and so she has like a, this physical stature that is kind of a higher or above some of her her classmates and so these things that like was embodied by Cora that she was doing and like not apologizing for it not feeling bad about the fact that she was taller than than other kids or that she was stronger faster than other kids right like she's beating boys on the playground and not like mm -hmm. feeling bad about it when they're when they're upset about it right kind of a thing and so <laughs> like it just it just gave me a new perspective on a character I already liked um, and it also just kind of reaffirmed how we do in media, um, the responses to it when we have these protagonists, like the traits that Cora has, 
you probably see in 70% of like male protagonists, like all the time, yeah. right? They're like right. very self-assured of themselves, stubborn, you know, I'm going to, you know, knock this thing down with my head kind of a thing. Um, and I think it was very telling that so many people had a problem with Korra <laughs> um, mm-hmm. for those traits. And it's like, you, you see this here all the time. They're just not usually a woman. Um, and so that, that kind of just gave me a new perspective and new appreciation for that character. Um, the fact that my daughter could see herself in her. No, I, I love that. I think it's, I mean, especially young girls, like, I mean, I grew up in the eighties. So like I, I, you know, Princess Leia was amazing, but I did not want to be her. I wanted to be Han Solo. Like I, <laughs> like every, you know, I feel like I grew up on shows where it was like, you had five kids and there was the jock, the, the shy kid, the nerdy kid, the, <laughs> like the one who was really good with tech. And then there was the girl. And like, she didn't even <laughs> have a personality. Like, she was, her personality she was, was that girl. she was a girl. Was, was that right. she was a girl. <laughs> and like, and like that's what I grew up on. And like I didn't want to identify with the girl. I wanted to have the cool power or be mm-hmm. super smart or real fast or real strong or something. I didn't want to just be the one with the pink, <laughs> pink suit. <laughs> so I think it's I mean, I think it's amazing that like you get to you get to experience both as yourself and as a father the fact that like things are changing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm we're going to have more representation in these spaces that have always been really diverse. They just haven't shown the diversity on the screens that we were watching, but these spaces have, they've always supposed to be inclusive, I think. Agree, agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of, yeah, it's, we're making progress, but we're not going far enough, I think is basically (laughs) what I'm saying. What do you want to see come out next? Like what properties are you excited to like see resurrected? Oh. Ooh. Root <laughs> has a, supposed to have a movie coming out, isn't it? What's that? What movie? Bitter Root is supposed to have a movie coming oh, out. Oh, the comic. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, I mean, you should explain what Bitter Root is. It's pretty. Oh, oh uh, basically, it's uh, Image Comics. Um, uh, I think it's written by David Walker, Chuck, uh, Chuck Brown, and Sanford Green, if I'm not. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. oh, okay. All, all black creators. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, uh, and uh, they're basically a black demon, like black monster hunters, and uh, they're in the Harlem Renaissance era. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! And they're actually gonna—I think there's um, got that you pick it back up because uh, they were on break for a while, but now they're back. But uh, they have like they go back even further than that with like their like the lineage of the monster hunters, and it's like a family and like how the family was split in two. And so there's uh, some in the Harlem, Harlem during Harlem Renaissance, and there's another one, uh, the family members that's down in the south as well it's kind of like this long uh long storytelling it's kind of bringing them both like back together again it sounds amazing i love it i love <laughs> it so much oh it's like steampunk too it's like steampunk mm-hmm. ah! i should <laughs> put that in heaven. <laughs> so good. black steampunk sounds like so much fun no no it right. does sound like fun okay i love so... it this interview was fun i really <laughs> enjoyed it no, no seriously I... I genuinely needed this this morning. We, you know, we talk a lot about like the housing crisis and like climate change and stuff. So Our last segment is... was about how to be mindful because the world is racist. So this one, <laughs> this segment Oof. was, re- you know, and that segment is necessary, right? That segment is yes. absolutely necessary and important. But so is this one, which I think yeah. is the point we always try to make about finding that joy, even if you're surviving the pandemic. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so I will be purchasing Black Nerd Problems. I hope that you all will also. Uh, will Evans and Omar Holman, thank you so much for joining us this morning. This thank you so great. much for having us. This was a blast. Pleasure. Stay safe. Keep having fun. Stay safe. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening.